That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? You know, today is going to be a very monumental, very monumental, in a sense where we're going to kind of define why we're here. You know, and I've already told the story a bunch of times. The day that you and I had lunch, I had just spoken with Matt of Signal Fire, and I said, man, I don't ever want to do a podcast of my own. I want to be on podcasts, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want, you know. And then fast forward two hours later, I was having lunch with you, and an hour into that, we were both jumping up and down our seats saying, we're starting a podcast. Well, you can't, you know, when it, when things are destined to happen, they, they just do. I always say that things happen for a reason, yeah. right? Even when you look at um, leadership, right? People are put in positions. People are, are are made. People are knocked off their pedestals yep. for a reason. It's, it's meant to happen, and it's it's about the things that we're going to talk about today. Uh, if they're doing incorrectly or not at all, you know. Well, and I also I when as we were talking through that, and, and I was just filled with excitement. Yeah, you know, because you and I we talk about this all the time. Every time we catch up on the phone or sit down and have lunch. It's hours of just talking about people and leadership yeah. and, you know, all this stuff to me that people are afraid to say or, or talk about when it comes to leadership, because there's a lot out there that's under the surface. Yeah. What do you think about our, our, our name? Like what, why does it, why does it stand out to you? Like when, when you saw it, when, as we were kind of developing it, like what was it to you? Like what, what did you think about? Yeah. So, you know, that L word, right? Yeah. It's, it's. Because we had a couple of other names picked out before that. Yeah, some I think we, we had to get rid of because we didn't want to get sued. But. Right. <laughs> but when that one popped up, you know, you texted it, and I was like, it's perfect. Because, you know, that L word, if, if, if I were to ask somebody, hey, what's that L word everybody's afraid to say out loud? The one that comes to mind most often is love. Love, yeah. Right? For sure, yeah. And you and I talk about the similarities between love and leadership all the time. And I think... That when when that text came across, I knew it. I was like, "This is it," because it's that blend, it's that combination of love and leadership and compassion and all the things that we plan on talking about here. You know, to kind of get out there and start a conversation. And it, it's crazy because you know, I I I personally when I when I think of that L word, I'm, I'm thinking about I think of love, and I think of love not because like most people say, "Oh, that's the word that we use when we say that phrase," but I think of love is because that's not what they, we think leadership is at all. Like we talk about compassion, we talk about empathy, we talking about brotherhood, sisterhood, camaraderie. But then when we say love, everybody's like, ah. <laughs> it's like, well, how do you have all these other things, but you don't have love? Because at the root of, in my opinion, at the root of leadership and and everything that we've experienced throughout the years, every good leader I've had loves their people. Yeah. And there's so many similarities between love and leadership because love is, is nebulous and so is leadership, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that's hard to define. It's hard for people to put their finger on and say, yeah, this is good leadership, just like this is good love. But when you've got it, you know it. And I, to me, that's the biggest similarity, just like love. When, you're, when you've got it, you know it, but it's hard to describe to somebody. But it's, <laughs> the craziest part about it is, right, as we as as first as men 
are taught to be leaders, right? And I am, you know, putting a quotation marks at leaders because everybody thinks, you know, you're a man, you're supposed to be a leader of your household, you're supposed to be a leader of your family, you're supposed to be a leader at work. Like we're growing up told that you have to be a leader, right? But we're also grow up being told that you're not supposed to show emotion, mm -hmm. right? You're not supposed to express it. You're not supposed to tell nobody how you feel, when you're feeling it, and how to get over it. Like you're not supposed to even ask for help. So how do you think, how can, <laughs> this is the crazy part, as we talk about, you know, L, right? How do we redefine ourselves if we can't first understand what we're lacking and then once we understand it, how do we embrace that? How do we embrace love? And I think it's a lot of that is really getting it all out on the table, yeah. which is what we want to do here, mm -hmm. right? It's it's a matter of of exposing all the things that really matter that people are afraid to say out loud. And I would argue even for, for the ladies out there, right, that are leaders, they're also, not necessarily from a young perspective, but I think once they get into those leadership positions, expected not to show the emotion uh you know just as much it's it's like emotion cannot be attached to leadership in that old old model of leadership yeah. whereas nowadays i feel that we're slowly progressing into leadership that embodies or embraces the whole person and not just you know whoever walks through that door in the first thing in the morning yeah a holistic feeling instead of just a uh this one single entity Right. That's not that doesn't exist with anything else. Like and that's I think that's something that we have to look at in in hindsight that we are created differently, right? We we learn things differently, but what what one lacks, somebody else might be good at. Mm -hmm. Right. And so not only do are we talking about love today because of the L word, but like there's other things that's told with the L that, that leaders probably don't even consider. Right. You know, um, like for me, I, I think when we, we were having a conversation, it was, I think longevity was a big one, mm -hmm. right? And um, I can't remember. Longevity, uh, we got leadership, we got love, we got, um, what's the other, it was a couple other ones. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I should have written them down. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I, I think that is there's so many other um, aspects of leadership, right? And it just it, that L word symbolizes the, that the things that we don't think about, right? The the things that we um, we 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 think leadership and love is supposed to be one way, like one can't exist with the other. And I think it's 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 further from the truth. Um, and it, 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 it I remember when I first realized it. Um, oh, I forgot it was. It was a while. I had a boss that came in. He just came in there. He started talking about, I love y'all, and I love y'all. And, you know, this is a group full of guys. And we were like, this dude is like, what's wrong with him? Like, is he a hippie or something? Yeah. Like, what is he trying to do? Is he trying to change the world? Um, but, like, when he when he started to, like, break it down, and, and I mean, that's the first time I, uh, I understood that empathy was love, mm -hmm. right? Um, or the, the ultimate sacrifice is love. Like, you do this because of this, this, uh, this, overwhelming feeling to to give right that's what really love is it's not about what you're receiving it's what you're giving and that was the epiphany i had with love and leadership is it's all giving right yeah. you give love fully without really expecting 
without expecting anything in return. And if you're doing it right, you'll get things in return. And I feel like the same thing is true with leadership. It should be giving, giving, giving. What can, what can I do for my people? How can I make the team better? You know, how can I support them? And then in return, right. without expectation, you're receiving. And then also, touching on that longevity part that you were, were talking about earlier, I think when we were discussing that, it really, it comes into growth. So what I thought of as love when I was 21 and met my wife is vastly different than mm. what I thought of yeah. as love now pushing 50. Hell yes. Right? So <laughs> I ain't pushing 50, but yes. <laughs> we, we grow over time in the way we love and right. we mature in the way we love. Likewise, if I think of myself as a young leader as to where I am now, it's vastly different. Speak, yes. So to me, that's that longevity yeah. also is the maturation in love and leadership. Man, I mean, this is one of those those those, those points where I'm like, you hit me with something. I'm like, I, and I and you know, you, you know, when somebody says something to you, for those listening, like somebody says something to you, and then you while they're speaking, you automatically it's like on a TV show, you automatically go to a scene where you remember it, you know, yeah. when, when it changed for you, right? And um, I would even venture like I didn't know what leadership and love was. Like we can like. And people can argue this uh, to the blue in the face, but like knowing what we know now, like I wasn't a leader. Right. I was going through the motions. And the same thing, I didn't love. I was going through the motion. I was letting what I saw dictate what I did, but who's to say that was the right thing to do, right? And I was, man, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing because like, I look back and and it feels like I I didn't I gave I didn't give enough I didn't do enough I wasn't enough right and was it even me mm -hmm. right and we, we say I, I'm a leader or I'm a leader of Marines or I'm a leader in my household or but are are we where was I an imposter like was was I capable of the love that I speak about today. Well, I think that's where that, that maturation or that growing process comes in. Yeah. You can't be expected to love or to lead at 18 or 19 or 20 the way you would when you're older. Yeah. Because you don't have the life experience. But this is the same thing, though. Like, like, are you really loving? Like, as we define, are we even leading? Are we even loving, right? Uh, as we define it, I question, like, what did it exist? I think it exists in the way that you're you are in that moment. Yeah. Right? There's things that I liked when I was younger that I don't like anymore because my taste buds have changed. And so when you're younger, you're a different person. Yeah. And part of that is is growing into the people we become. And we were talking the other day, you know, as we were kind of prepping for this, but we have 53 years of experience between us, you know, in the military. And the thing that when I'm talking with corporate clients or, or civilian clients, the thing that I always bring into the conversation or that I have in the back of my head is that in the military, we experience leadership turnover just by the nature of the beast. It's such a rapid pace that 53 years of different types of leaders, yeah. we have seen it all. And I've, I think I've been so many different versions of, of those leaders as well. Because much like love, you know, it, I come from a, a I have a, a 
my family is very close. My folks are still together. That's my, that's my, um, vision. my oh, vision of yeah, love. That's my understanding of love. Of love yeah. Right. But I didn't necessarily, I, I had something to look at, but I wasn't there when I was younger, but I've grown into that same with leadership. So when I was a young leader, I saw leaders that I couldn't understand how or what they were doing, but I could see I wanted to get there or I could see that was a part of the path. Same as love, yeah. right? Like you've got to grow into it. You've got to mature. I'd mature for sure. Uh, <laughs> I had to mature as a leader. I mean, I, as I, as I reflect back on those young days and I, and I, and I wouldn't even go in, in, in military sense. I'm talking about it. And within my, my younger days, you know, me and my wife have been together about 10 years. Right. And I look back at it and the biggest thing. Well, I think that we, we, we forget is that you can't have leadership, nor can you have love or any other aspect of something. If you don't, embrace it or become it mm-hmm. right you have to develop the love skill the love muscle whatever um and i don't mean nothing crazy but you have to develop love and you have to develop leadership and that means you got to be be more open to putting yourself in the situations where you can learn you know the scary things like you you got to say i do to understand what you don't do right <laughs> <laughs> right I, I was like i'm going to be a great husband but if you look at it and a lot of a lot of people that you know, especially the audience that we want to be listening to this, is that you have to understand that what you don't know is okay. Yeah. Right. What you don't, what you literally don't know is okay. It's understanding that that helps you grow. Right. It helps you become more. So as I look back at it and say, "Oh, I want to. I'm going to be a great husband." Well. Let me think about it. Have I ever, for me, like we have different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Have I ever seen a great husband other than leave it to Beaver? Right. right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or not on 210. And yeah. so, because we have, we have these visions in our, in our heads of like what we think love and leadership should look like. Right. Or they shouldn't go together or they should go together. However, you were developed in, the, in, in, that, in both senses of the word. Right. But to realize that, you only are where you are, like you were telling me, right? You, you, you were doing the best that you can at that point, yeah, right? And that best is different now. Um, but to realize that you have so much more growth is a positive thing. And as I looked at it and I said I was a leader and I said I was a husband, and I look back and say, even in here I question, like, was I? Right, but I, I believe I, even I, there's a, there's a still a part of me that understands that it has to be that way. Like the, that growth has yeah. to happen. You have to go through it to get through it. The old saying, "What gets you here won't get you there." Yeah, right. You are where you are, <clears throat> but to continue to grow, you have to keep moving forward. Right. It's just like in you know in racing and all that kind of stuff. Just because you made it this far doesn't mean you're going to get the rest of the way. You've got to use the experience that you have at that moment and the tenacity to continue to grow. And as you were talking, the thing that kept popping into my head is, you know, I was asking myself, as you were talking, what's the most important factor or the most important element of that love and leadership share? And the thing that popped into my head was listening. The more you listen Mm. and the deeper you listen, the more you're going to be able to love and the more you're going to be able to lead in a better way 
because you're constantly learning. We talk about stuff that pop your head. Uh, hey, listen what he just said. He said the more you listen, and this is not listening to the TV. Listening, it's not just listening to this podcast. But the deepest form of listening is listening to self. Can you be honest with you? Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? Do you love yourself? That's right. Are you leading you? Are you leading your family? Because if you ain't leading yourself or your family, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? How can you lead hundreds of people? 20 people. You can't, right? You haven't, if you're not in the space, how can you develop the skills that you don't have to be better in the space, right? Man, uh-oh. Well, and, and listening to that self is, that's the foundation of it all. Yeah. Listening to it and understanding it and being willing to lay it out on the table and say, okay, you know, maybe I'm at this point in my life as a young leader or even as a senior leader to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm not good at this or I need to grow in this area or I'm coming across this way when really what I want to do is, is come across this way. I'm not leading or loving the way that I want to. Because when you lay it on the table like that and you can identify those things, that's when growth is really going to start. But how can, so the question, it, it, the question is like, you say when you lay it out on the table, well, how you need to, how do you know you need to lay it out? Like, cause it's one of the things about life is if you don't believe, we talked about this in the car, yeah. if you don't believe something is incorrect or you don't want to uh, address it, then change is 99.9% of the time not going to occur. Right. Well, and that, that comes to that, you know, the, that question I told you, I love asking people is what are you pretending not to know? Yeah. And I've asked, I've asked, uh, executive clients that, what are you pretending not to know? And sometimes after a long pause, they'll come back and they'll say, I'm pretending to love this job. Damn. When really they don't, <laughs> or I'm pretending that I love being a leader when really they miss being an individual contributor. And when you can identify those things and lay it out, then you can start to experience growth. Man, it, most of my career, like I was always forced because I, I worked in a technical job as a paralegal, right, within the, within the Marine Corps. And um, I never really liked it. I never really enjoyed it. But what I enjoyed about the Marine Corps was the aspect that I was, I was able to develop myself and others. Yeah. Right? And so... For the for years, like I beat it, my, I beat myself up because I didn't think I met the standard. Because I was like, I should like this, I should enjoy this, but I, uh, but inside, I was like, I hated it. It wasn't literally until um, I started to say, no, I don't like this. I started to be honest with myself. Yeah. I don't like this, and I would say it even to my bosses. I don't enjoy this. Let me tell you what I do enjoy and what I will be good at. Right, and I understand there's a there's an aspect for everybody that you you have to say. Um, you know, I have to do my job, obviously. I still had to be a paralegal. But you have to embrace what your skills are, like what you're good at. And I was good at another thing. And that honesty is sometimes, you know, sometimes. And most of the times we like the honesty with self and we force ourselves to be in a space, to do a certain thing, to feel a certain way, to act a certain way that is not inherently us. And it, and it comes across not genuine, fake right uh, it comes across uh as as an illusion that we're that we're telling ourselves this is what it is but everybody else is showing you and telling you this is what it ain't 
So to use another word and to ask you a question, how liberating was it when you admitted that to yourself? It was a lot. For me, I, this is the biggest thing. Like, And I, I've never talked about this before, but I had anxiety going to work mm-hmm. for a long time because I really, and the people listening probably got the same issue. I guarantee you, right? <laughs> I remember I listened to Les Brown, and I'm gonna answer your question. I listened to Les Brown, and he talked about how, like, like Monday was the most popular time to die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because like they, people were stressing themselves out because they had to go to work. Yep. Right. And you don't see it because you're living in it. Right. You like you don't see the chaos when you're in the midst of the storm. You mm-hmm. don't see it. But like when somebody, I was, I started to go to counseling because I was like something's not right. My heartbeats were elevated. I was going through some stuff. And then I realized, I was like, one day I was driving to work because um, my therapist, Ted, she, she was always telling me when I started moving, she's like, okay, you need to calm your breath. Yeah. You need to relax. Right? I was so anxious. But it was only when I, I, I've learned this, only when I'm nervous or I don't want to do something. And every time I drove <laughs> to work, I felt that way. And I started to realize, like, this is killing me. Yeah. This is killing me. Right? And it's. And I, there, there was a piece of me knowing I had to still go there, but another, a different counselor years before that said, like, stop embracing the thing that you hate. Mm-hmm. Stop embracing the stuff that you hate. Like, what do you enjoy about it? And when I flipped that switch yeah. and I started focusing on the people, this is why I sit here today having this this talk, and I started developing myself here, I'm excited. Just, just that, that question, it, it, it brings back so many memories because – I stopped hating it. Mm. I I didn't enjoy the things I didn't enjoy. That's just life. Like I don't like getting up early every day to go to work, but that's just a part of a part yeah. of doing it, right? Yeah. Until I change that mindset or change those circumstances, it's going to stay the same. So I changed my circumstances. I changed the way I viewed what I needed to do and said, "This is what I'm good at. I have to do this to be here. This is the conduit to get to this point, right? But what I enjoy, I need to embrace that." And it actually, when I started to embrace what I really enjoyed about my job, it's the reason I got promoted. It's mm. the reason I became the leader that, because if I never would have done it, I'd have been I'd have been stuck in my sorrow. Yeah. Well, I just read a book, Morgan. I can't remember which one it was. I can't, you know, quote it. But basically, it was talking about making that positive mindset shift. Yeah. And... I'm I'm trying to do this now, even if I'm just getting upset with somebody in traffic, right? But the, the the premise was every time you have a negative thought, you have to follow it up with a positive thought about the same thing you had the negative thought. So if I'm driving to the beach and there's a bunch of traffic and I'm thinking to myself, man, I hate all this traffic. I have to immediately follow it up with, but at least I'm driving to the beach. Yeah. And then eventually the, the point of the book in, in that chapter was that if you do that enough, you will almost push away the negative thoughts and and see things in the world in general in a more positive light. And that sounds like what you were really describing is pushing down the negative aspects. Everybody's got things in their job that they don't necessarily enjoy. I mean, it's just, it's work, right? It's, it's, it's a four letter word. Um, But when you do that and you think about the positive things, you know, and I look at my own career for the first 20 years, I was having a blast and, and then I got to that point where I was the fat old guy behind the desk and questioned whether or not I was going to go on for the, you know, the next 10 years. And what kept me in was that I enjoyed the people 
I enjoyed the leadership aspect. I enjoyed getting out to see everybody. And by doing that, that's that's really what filled my tank and charged my batteries was getting out there and engaging with all of our amazing people, you know, in the organizations that I was, you know, so like blessed to serve with. Yeah. It was it's kind of funny that you that you that you mentioned um being blessed to be served with people, man. It's just the aspect of learning yourself through meeting so many people, right? And that's the thing about leadership. I always tell I always tell my um my my other managers or supervisors that work for me, you look at them and I was like, you can't be a leader sitting at this desk. That's right. Right? Like you said, getting out and, and knowing it's meeting you, right? Us meeting each other, me meeting so many other people, and people call themselves leaders, but they never leave the office. Lincoln said it best, leadership by walking around. That's it. I love it. <laughs> That's it, man, because like we get we, we if we don't experience life, then we can't learn from it, right? And when you meet people and you interact with people, you are learning from life. You're learning about your life. You're learning about their life. And you're you're absorbing those experiences that will fill your cup and add tools to your tool, as they say, tools to your toolbox. And that that's what helps you in the growth, right? It was it was me seeing people happy going to work. I'm like, yeah, what the? <laughs> like, I'm not happy. Everybody like, I enjoy this. I just love this. And I would tell people like, no, I don't love this place. I don't like it. But they were so excited. And I was like, oh. and I remember telling my wife one day, I said, something's wrong. <laughs> but like, what we don't understand is how we talk about leadership and love today and how things affect each other. Like the, the way we are in our work environment, we transfer that, that, that like, that transcends the work environment and goes into our, our lives. Yeah. Like, and so if I'm, and if I have anxiety going to work, Right, so what am I going to be like when I get home? Because I've just exuded all my energy being in a place I didn't want to be. So when I go home, I'm either going to be irritated, right? How can I love them? How can I leave them, right? And so if we're not holistically in our, like our whole lives and our whole selves, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, if you're not looking at this aspect of love and leadership in um, a holistic way, how can you ever be the leader? that you feel you should be, right? Because you're missing a piece. You can't have, you can you can make a cake, but if you miss the eggs, it ain't gonna become a cake, right? Everything has ingredients. And I think that that every aspect of our lives, me is being training, it's coaching, it's Marine Corps, it's family, it's self, right? If these all these different pillars or different slices of the pie are not happy, then if it's one, then that's gonna affect the rest of the, the ingredients. Yeah, and, and as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, the flip side is if you're not happy at home, whether it's with family or yourself. Yeah, same way, yep. You know, and, and I talk about all the time, and I'm sure we'll do an episode on this, you're a weather system. As a leader, you are a weather system. So if you have a bad day at home in the morning before you, or you are not even excited to go to work, yeah. and you show up and you're you're full of lightning and thunder, you're going to rain on everybody's parade. You know, and it's it's... Yeah, it's it's that balance holistically because I'm, there's studies out there that we could probably quote or whatever, but most people spend more time at work than they do at home. 
or the majority. They do. They do. <laughs> you know, do the math. That's, that's right. Because the people, like, oh no, I'm at home. I said, no. When you sleep, don't count. That's right. Because you're not engaging with anyone. Yep. <laughs> you know, and so if you're not happy there, you're going to have a hard time being happy and loving other people in the other parts of your life. And I've met a few people throughout the years that can truly compartmentalize it and do their job and then go home and and they're just good at, at doing that. But for I've the majority, I've met a couple. <laughs> And maybe they're just good actors. Yes. I don't know. Yes. But I have definitely seen throughout the years that you have to have that balance. And I think back to earlier times when we were young and growing up in the military and you're scrubbing toilets, you're doing something horrible, digging ditches or sleeping in the rain or whatever. And those were some of the happiest moments of my life when it came to work because I was doing that and I was surrounded with people that I loved, mm. like really loved. Mm. I love joking with them. I love learning about where they came from. You just want to go. You just want to go there because they're there. That's right. And so, <laughs> you know, you look at it and you're like, how can you possibly enjoy, you know, something so miserable that nobody else would want to do? And then you just kind of sit back and you say, it's because of all these people. That's it. You know, I love this guy. I know he's from there. I know she's from here. And, you know, he's getting married next week. And all those things that we learn and we become a little family almost. I mean, there's people you know, 30 years, right? There's people I still talk to on a, a, you know, a weekly basis, or I talk to regularly. And it's, it's like, we're, we're still 18, 19, right. 20 years old. Same way you would talk to your family, yeah. you know, or, or anybody that you love. And so if you can build that environment in a, any kind of organization, obviously we're, you know, our backgrounds come from the military, but any organization, you build that environment where people can truly be themselves and express their love for one another. You're going to enjoy going to work regardless of what you're doing. But that's the that's a hard one. Even for us being military and you know in the corporate world, you get this thing called fraternization or inappropriate relationships, right? And there's a lot of people that would that don't have uh, great personalities or socially awkward. They don't they don't that fine line, right? And I think that to me, when you know, kind of the subtext of our 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 podcast slogan, right, is yeah. is talking about things that that everybody's afraid to talk about or to say out loud. Right. And fraternization is one of those words. There's a difference between being able to love somebody as a member of your team and fraternizing. And, and I know this will be an episode in, coming up in the future too. Leadership is lonely because the higher up the food chain you climb, you know, the more you have to distance yourself on a deeply personal level from everybody. But it doesn't mean you can't know and love your people. Right? I agree. You, yeah, so... To me, that's, I always say leadership is an art and everybody paints with different brushes, but you, that's the art. Your, your leadership portrait would look different than mine because we paint differently. Right. But if you're doing it right, it's still Artistic beautiful. Artistic view is different. Right? That's right. Yeah. But it's beautiful because it's still going to combine all the colors and all the, you know, all the stuff that goes into art to, to create something that, that people admire and, and look at and say, wow, I want to be a part of that team. Because you have, and you have. And that, I brought that up because, like, people like say, oh, you, you want me to love them? You want me to care about them? You want me to spend time with them? Yes. How can you develop someone you don't know, right? We're different. We are we're different. How can you, can you, can you love somebody you don't know? No. Can you lead somebody you don't know? No, you cannot. Not effectively. Right? Can, can you have longevity with somebody you don't know? No. It, no but it ain't, if it ain't effective, it ain't leadership. That's right. Right? It's management or supervision, right? Or it's just toxic. It's one of the, it's, it's yeah. one of those things, right? 
And so, like, it's one thing that I believe in is I always, when when leaders come to me, right, I, and I have executive clients as well, and 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 uh, endurance athletes, now, I, when they when they say something else or someone else is the problem, right? This, you know, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. If someone else is the problem, I'm, I ask, why is the problem for them? Like, have you talked to them? Well, they want this and or no, I didn't do this and. But like, if you don't know, if you are not curious, if you were, I heard a quote say, "Be more curious than judgmental." Mm-hmm. Right? If you're gonna judge, right, then you're only gonna see one side, right? But if you're gonna be curious, then you're gonna get both your side and the other person's, and you can come and make a hypothesis that that's gonna work for the both of you. You know what I mean? Anytime somebody's pointing the finger at somebody else, the first question to ask is, "What's your what's your part in this problem?" Because the only person you can control is yourself. That's the only person. And you have to ask yourself, what part of this do I own? So if they're not communicating well, I have to first know what I'm doing or not doing to prevent them from communicating well. And it might be just not asking the question. Like, is hey, is am I, am I communicating effectively with you? That's right. That's the, the hard one. It's like, oh, they, they can't talk. I, I, I remember I had a, I had a, um, I had a young Marine uh, one time and I, I checked into a unit, and they said, this guy, he's just, uh, he wasn't a bad dude, not bad at all, but he was super quiet. He didn't he, he didn't stand out in the front, right? He didn't do everything that you needed to be to be an NCO. And, but I was like, why was he like that? Uh, he's just that type of person. Okay, why is he like that? Mm-hmm. Well, he just never showed. No, you're telling me what he's doing, but you're not telling me why he's doing it, yep. right? And the only way I, I had to, the only way I could figure that out is to actually pull him aside and have a real conversation with him. Right, and that took that ain't gonna happen on the first glance, yeah. right? You got to go back and and forth a little bit, just kind of like greasing the skids, as we say. And I talked to him, and you started to learn. Like he was, he was a quiet guy. He didn't he didn't volunteer. He didn't jump up front. But then you started to learn that when we had the conversation, he he told me about his relationship with his father, and he said his father always used to say, "Speak when spoken to." Mm-hmm. Right? If if you're not told to do something, don't do it. And so. Once you learn that, now I can teach. Now I know who he is, and I can say, okay, that worked now, but this is what the new role is. Like you were, you were a child then, you were at home then, now you're a man, you're an adult, or you're a woman, right? And you have responsibilities. This is the new dialogue that you need to learn. When you said greasing the skids, it made me think my brain converted mm-hmm. it to building trust. Correct. With any person, is, yes. is you, it's social capital, it's trust capital. It's depositing trust in the trust bank, right? So you do have to establish trust before you can get them to open up and tell you things like, this is the way I was raised, you know, but you're not going to do that. Especially you, that deep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, that's some deep stuff. I think he had some, some emotional trauma with that, actually. Sure, but yeah. here's the other part about it. Again, combining leadership and love. By you opening up and having that conversation with that young person, how did that change his life? He was he was start smiling. He started taking charge. He 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 knew that I cared about him, not just about what he did. And in turn, he was performing better More and productive. Yep. So, and and think about where he probably is in his life now. You he know? really he decided to stay in because he was leaving at first because it just they they was trying to force him to be something that they weren't teaching him how to be. It's like trying to say you need to love me. But how? Like, how do I love you? Like, well, what does that look like? And even thinking the the, the deeper mm-hmm. side of that, right? 
So he was raised a certain way. So that was the model of love for him. The nurture. Yeah. Ostensibly, you changed yeah. that model of love for him. So he might even be a better father, a better husband. Ooh. Right? You think of like, uh, because yes. of the conversation yes. you had with him, yeah. because somebody took the time out. You know, maybe his dad wasn't a bad guy. I'm not saying that, but he was raised a certain way. But if you change that model as you mature through love and leadership and you change the model for him, that's legacy. You're the drop that starts the ripple. And imagine the ripple effect that that young man might have on the world. Ain't no imagine. I know the effect that he's already having, man. He's doing great things. And that's that's the thing I love about it, right? And not should we talk about love, but I love it. it when when you start leading with self, right? With every emotion in your body, like the the mountains you can climb, the lives you can change is I always say ginormous. That might not even be a word, but that's fine. I'm saying <laughs> we, we'll create it. We'll create it. It's my own dictionary. <laughs> Uh, ginormous, right? Because it, it, the effect that you see, it's like, like we talk about the light bulb that just comes on and it's like the, the eyes light up and you're like, wow. And, and it makes me feel good. Like, and I keep coming back for more. It's like, if if, if I, if I, if, if I lead and love wholeheartedly, like with all myself and be truly transparent, right? And say, okay, and be transparent to me, this is how I define it. Is being introspective. It's being able to look within to see where everything starts, and it all starts with us. Everything we do, everything we say, every every um, every um, story we tell, every 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 moment of our lives is is it starts with us. And when you take that and you say, "Hey, I'm wrong. I need to be better at this. I'm not the person I thought I used to be. I'm this is the lie I'm telling myself." You take that. That's love, mm. right? That's love of self. And then that's love of self so much that that love transfers to love of others, loving what you do, loving who you are, loving and being a, 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 a better leader. And the reciprocating effects of that, right? The more you, and we're using the, the same young man you're talking about as an example, the more you show him love and you lead him well, he's the reciprocal side of that is he's going to love you in the sense that he's not going to want to disappoint you, yeah. which means he's going to perform whatever job it is that he's supposed to do, he's going to perform that better. However, he's also not wanting to disappoint and showing his love for you, going to want to be the best person that he can be. And when you, you said transparency, and I thought of vulnerability. And that's, you know, I think transparency and vulnerability are both those kind of words that people don't like to say out loud from a leadership perspective. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability Maybe, for a fact. For a fact. Especially in, in, in C-suite or executive levels. Because what we have, in the world is like, when you say vulnerability, that means emotion. And emotion is not supposed to be in the workplace because that makes you human. We're supposed to be here to do a job. Or it means you can be attacked. Correct. Yeah. You know, vulnerable. it means you're vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, My vulnerable. defenses are vulnerable. But when you open that and using that young guy as an example, then if he's got some brilliant idea, he's not going to be afraid to tell you that. Right? He's not going to be afraid to say, hey, Morgan, I've got this idea or we're doing this. And I, you know, I grew up this way and I know how to, how to make that better. Because he knows you've built that, you've established that trust with him. Yeah. That he knows you love him. And even if it's a bad idea, you're going to say, hey, awesome. Uh, it's not going to work here, but thanks for sharing. You know, and, and he's not going to feel bad about it. As opposed to, you know, the more dictatorial leadership style or something like that, where it's, they're not going to open up. They're not going to say anything because there's no love there. Yeah. I, I, I believe you. I believe in that. And I believe you 
in in the sense where it's like I've seen it so many times, right? When you when you believe in somebody and you show them not with your words, but with your actions, yeah, right. Um, there could be a, a force to be reckoned with, and they. I was reading this book called um, One Minute Manager. Short book, people might have heard of it, um, and it, it always talks about the other. As a, it shows as a good leader that you don't have to take on everything, right? Because you trust other people to do it, and you've taught them how to be their own leaders, right? And so when you when you uh, when you believe in somebody so so strongly with so much um, what they call um, zeal, <laughs> right? They perform at that level and it makes your life so much easier. <laughs> and I think that's going to be a whole other podcast, right? Is the, the biggest lesson for, for leaders is letting go, delegating. And I used to joke with people, you know, especially the more senior I got, I'm like, I don't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I just create the space for all of you to be amazing. I provide the resources, the time, and whatever it is you need. Because, you know, the old saying, right? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. So if you as a leader Can't are... Grow. That's right. But it, And if you're surrounding yourself by amazing people who you love and they love you, really all you're doing is building the space for them to just continue to be better and better and better. But you have to provide that space for them. And... The leaders that don't want to let things go are not letting their people do that. It's the same as parents who don't want to let their kids go and do things and experience things on their own. And it's not always going to work out, but that's okay. And that's where the love comes in. Because if it doesn't work out, if it fails, even if it fails miserably, they need somebody there to catch them, give them a hug and say, okay, what did we learn from that? And how can we move forward to make this even better? So as, as we close out today, what do you, what do you think – as somebody starting off, they 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 they're, they're I, I, I want to be a leader. I want to be the person that people that I can show people I believe in them. I believe in myself, and so we can turn our company around. How do they start that process? Like, and 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 let's go into the first two steps. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to the earlier part of our conversation. The number one rule to be a good leader, and I'm glad it starts with an L, is you've got to listen, and you've got to first listen to yourself and understand where you need to grow, understand where your blind spots are. And then in the, the flip side of that is truly listen to your people. And a lot of leaders don't do that. You know, especially in a toxic leadership environment, they don't want to hear what their people have to say. So you have to be able to listen to them to find out they're going to tell you where your blind spots are. If you think you're doing this well, and they're telling you that you're not doing that well, there's a blind spot there. Right. And usually that's through poor communication, ill-defined communication, but the foundation of all that is being able to listen to yourself and then listen to them. What about number two? Well, that's what I would say is to be able to listen to oh, them. Oh, I got you. It's a two-part. Yeah. Right? Listen to self first, listen to them second. That's right. Right. And then I guess the second step of that, once you start listening to them, is to build a, build a space for them that they really understand. And I am actually was working with somebody a while back that – they were, they were really doing a lot of self-awareness work and growing and becoming a better leader, but they were struggling with the fact that things weren't happening as fast outside of their office as they wanted to. Yeah. And I, you know, I asked them, how long have you been the way that you were? You know, and the answer was years. 
Okay, so you don't have a lot of trust with them, right? So as you continue this growth, you can't walk out of your office and tell everybody, hey, I'm changed. You Believe me now, you have to establish that trust. You have to build that trust and build that space where they truly start to see your changes and it will evolve over time to build that culture and that environment that that person wanted for their team. So it doesn't happen overnight. Okay, guys, you heard it. You heard what he said. You got to listen, right? You got to build that relationship with them. And, and that's what's huge. And as we, as we leave here today, the, the, that last part, I want you to really, really soak in. It ain't going to happen overnight. It isn't going to happen overnight. However you want to say it ain't, it isn't whatever you want to say. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. It just takes daily discipline, consistency, and you got to be intentional about it. That's how you make change. Great, great show today, man. Yeah, man. I, this is exactly what I imagined when we were sitting there eating burritos. <laughs> and guess what? We Hopefully we get some Greek food today. Yeah. All right, man. Well, till next time, we're out of here. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for showing up.